Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. American Giant makes the durable, comfortable spring closet staples you need for work, the gym, and even happy hour. Made in America. Designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Palazzo Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Me too. Mike Virginia here with a big gentle Ben and Robbie Baseball. Appreciate everybody tuning in. We are doing the Big Three <clears throat> show, and today's teams are the Yankees, the Royals, and the Athletics. Uh, ben, Robbie, how you guys doing this evening? Good. Better we get when to talk through the Royals. <laughs> yeah, I was say we get to talk about one really good system tonight. <laughs> yeah, I, agree I can't with wait. That. I can't wait to see which one it is. Yeah, well, <laughs> I can tell you which one it's definitely not. There you go. Yeah, pretty sure we're talking yeah. about the thirtieth rank system tonight. Just saying. <laughs> uh, for those of you guys fair. tuning in, appreciate you guys jumping in and 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 watching today. You guys know the deal. Um, if you guys haven't already or you're new here, make sure that you like and subscribe to Palazzo. Uh, YouTube channel. Our quest to a thousand is ongoing. Hopefully, we get there by season's end. So, we really, really appreciate it. Leave us five star reviews on all the podcast uh, platforms, uh, and then make sure you're following us on uh, Twitter, aka X. So, without further ado, what should, what what team do we want to start with, guys? We want to start with the Royals here. Yeah, let's let's get rip the bandaid off. So, <laughs> just get her done. <laughs> all righty. So, we'll go with the Royals first here and we're going to talk about the top 3 prospects within the Royals system. Um, Ben, we'll start with you, my friend. Who are your top 3 in the Royals farm? Oh boy, that's that's top 3 is putting it very very lightly. Um so I have Frank Mazzucato. I have I picked a left-handed pitcher. Uh, I have Caden Wallace, uh, who I think is probably going to end up a first baseman, but for now is a third baseman. And then Mason Barnett. So those are my three, which this could be a fun night where Robbie and I don't agree with anybody on this team. But <laughs> uh, No, no, we're not too far off. Sorry, I'm just going on the X and doing the old no. repost. And <laughs> I'm stating I remember when I loved the Royals because – once upon a time, I loved him so much oh. that I got like a custom Royals hat. And uh, once, you know, they'd previously beat my Blue Jays back when I was a fan of them. Um, but they had a really cool draft. I think it was 18 when they were like, let's get college pitchers and then let's get them moving quickly, you know, singer and company. 
Singer, mm-hmm. Lynch, Cower, who for some reason now everyone's like, oh, Jackson Cower's moved this offseason. He must be valuable. Let's scoop him up. But it was more like he's <laughs> doing the the dance of is he going to go to KBO next year versus the uh, impact pitcher. Um, and since then, I haven't been too excited with Royals, and it shows with my top three um, because the first guy is a Rule 5 pick, and that's real sad. Matt Sauer, <laughs> I, I just feel like <laughs> I'm picking a guy – Again, like my my note on him starts. This is sad. It's not right that Sauer's <laughs> the top guy, but he's got the stuff that could be bullpen acceptable in 2024, mm-hmm. and maybe finds a way into 80 innings and then uh, fight for rotation spot in 2025. This is um, the comparable, I would say, is Garrett Whitlock to fantasy guys out there. We yeah. didn't care too much about Garrett Whitlock the year your sorry the Rule Five year, but we started to get interested in season, and then we got a little bit of hype the following year. Now he's older. Uh, then Whitlock was like a year older at that time, but we're going to let that go. And then I've got Frankie matzo balls as well. Um, he's who we're really hoping on. And that's mm-hmm. not ideal. Um, <laughs> beyond that, I am not giving up on uh, Gavin cross who finished the year at double a. Um, but I mean, the debut was so good. The college career was so good. He was so good in high school. He, I don't think he's this bad. I don't think he's two Oh three, two ninety eight, three seventy eight. That was the line last year. Um, but he can play center field. I think even in Kansas city, he can play center field. He can hit for power. I guess he, he changed his swing a bit to make it a little longer. So again, get, get a proper hitting coach with him in spring training, shorten it up a little bit, do that whole two strike approach. And we could see a lot of things go well for him. I didn't check his Babbitt, um, because I don't care, but <laughs> a lefty is someone I'm interested in who can play center field. And we've seen, we've seen KC in the past. I know new regime, but we've seen them before value defense in the ballpark and cross might be able to kind of be promoted despite lower numbers and then get an opportunity to um, bring himself up later on. But again, dynasty by low right now for him. For sure. For sure. And, and who knows how long they're in that ballpark. That's the other thing. That's what really makes it tough. Are they moving to Vegas also? Well, no, they're, they're, they're actually looking to move more in city, Kansas city, rather than, I don't know if you've ever been to Kaufman, it's kind of out on the outskirts and you get out of town a little bit in order to get there, which, okay. it, but it's in the, it shares a parking lot with the chief stadium. It's really a nice, frankly, I think it's a nice facility and Kaufman, though, it may be in the top five, as far as oldest stadiums in the majors now, because everybody else has built a new one, except you know the Cubs and the Red Sox, uh, for lots of reasons. Uh, but Kaufman, to me, is still one of the most gorgeous stadiums inside it. When you go in, I mean, there's a waterfall in center field. There's, I mean, there's greenery. The seats aren't crazy. Like, hey, this was built a long time ago when people were only this wide. You know, so a fat man <laughs> can sit in them. So, you know that I appreciate that part. So. No, and, and but that also leads into it makes it tough to really know what you're getting with these pitchers and especially with a hitter that might have borderline power. A guy like Caden Wallace to me is a guy who if if Caden Wallace is a a Rockies prospect, this is a guy I'm all over cuz he is going to pound doubles in Coors Field. I think he would pound doubles in Kaufman. My problem is, if they move somewhere else, I don't know that he has a whole lot of overfence power, and you could have a whole lot of stuff that just it just could look really, really rough. And so, 
it's just it's hard to get on board with some of these guys just because you don't know what that future looks like too well I mean, even ballpark aside it's just depressing to look at the guys. oh yeah like <laughs> well you, I mean... you don't see anyone who you're like i mean the, the the next three i i i dug i dug deep for it but mm-hmm. um it's just like you have some pretty obvious mlbers and then the royals seem to have like some long shot pitchers and some long shot outfielders and some bench type infielders you know you're not seeing like this guy's a shortstop the who like it got has a bat which is which is terrible and mm-hmm. shame on them. Well, but, to your guys' point about the stadium with the waterfall and the greenery and being a nice stadium, they have to do something to attract fans because their product sucks. So but, um, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> hopefully that new stadium, if they do move, has something similar to that. So, all right, so, well, cool. Go ahead, yeah. Ben. I was just going to say the one guy in mind that I'd really like to highlight and it very well might be on your next big three, Robbie, but Mason mm-hmm. Barnett to me, he's not, is that type of guy who I, we, I highlight him a lot on this, but very, very high floor sort of guy, five pitches that he can maneuver and none of them really is a plus pitch, but they're all average and he has above average control. That's the making of a guy who works really well in the back of a rotation. Scary part is that's a top three for this system to me right now. That's, I mean, a guy who looks like he could be a number four, but probably is a number five is their, you know, third guy on my list here. So yeah, that's. Well, and only 32 innings for him, which is why I, I kind of pushed him back. Mm-hmm. A 32 innings, sorry, a double A is what I meant, meant to say. That's my yep. entire sentence. Um, but 43 Ks, and you never ignore that. And I always do the prospect if the whip is, is at or under 1.25, I'm interested. If it's over, why? And then you can look at you know their pitch selection. Mm-hmm. And I used to crap on the Royals um saying that you know i know everybody likes sal perez but when he had his big dinger year that was when those pitchers were all coming up that i was so excited with and i genuinely felt like he was not the right guy to be receiving them because of the year he was having and i thought like i know he gets all this press for being you know good with rotation and this and that but obviously it's veteran laden right you know like uh certain catchers can catch anybody make anybody better steal strikes yada yada but other catchers or sorry, other pitchers need the right catcher in right scenarios. We've seen mm-hmm. um, individuals, you Darvish has had a guy in previous years. I know like, knuckleballer is different, but other other guys caught, you know, in a rotation, you'd have one catcher catch two, the other would catch three, and that's kind of how the harmony went. Um, and then the bullpen is, you know, up for everybody to do. But I didn't think he was the right guy. Perez was the right guy at the time. And now all those guys, you know, it was Singer. Um, we've seen Asa Lacey fall off a flipping cliff, but he was never part of that. But he was potentially the sixth guy in their in their yep. five man thing because it was it was Singer, Bubic, uh, Lynch, Bubic. Thank you, uh, Cower, and there was another. Which uh, oh oh my goodness, he was a Rule Five guy too. Uh, Keller, Brad Keller yeah. was the other one who I was like, hey, there's some there's some hope there, and all of that like Singer aside, like last year he was demoted to start the year, came up, and then did I think he had ten Ks in five inning debut something like that, and that was the season high for Ks. He's good. He but he's he's like at his ceiling. I don't know if he needs a better catcher. MJ Melendez has come up and then, you know, he's not a catcher anymore. Uh, One of the reasons why it's really difficult in fantasy for those things. But anyway, that's enough talk of like the past. What's the future? So what's the, that's all we really care about. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What's the next big three for you guys for Kansas city. So 
I guess for me, going on future, you know, I'll do two really good future ones and then one depressing the fact that I had to have them on here. But um, the guy who actually is rated as the number one prospect by Baseball America in this system is Blake Mitchell. Um, Mm -hmm. I will tell you right now. I refuse to put him on. Which I I respect that because, (laughs) honest to goodness, I think he is an elite defensive catcher that I don't know if he'll ever hit. And it reminds me a lot of Will Banfield. Um, I don't know if you guys remember him when he came mm-hmm. out within the Mar- uh, the Marlins drafted him. When he came out, there were people talking him all the way up into the top 10 because his catching defense was elite. Okay. High school catching defense is about the worst thing you can ever draft for in the major league draft. And not only did the Royals draft that, but they gave him almost 15 or almost $5 million as what the eighth pick or something like that. Eighth or ninth pick. I, like I said, I think the defense is there. He's got one of the best catch and throw deliveries I've seen, which could be very, very good as we move into automated balls and strikes and, old school skills like throwing base runners out become way more valuable than a frame, but he's still got a hit. And right now I just, I don't see that. I don't see it right now. Um, my, my second uh, next big three guy is Yandel Ricardo, who was just mm-hmm. signed this year from Cuba. Um, and I have heard, heard from, from where, sorry, from Cuba. Interesting. Cuba. Um, you also have to understand in this area, Tony Oliva comes to visit us every so often. And that's how Tony always says Cuba is Cuba. So, um, he married a woman from this area. So he comes visits. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Ricardo, there are people that said if he would not have been Cuban, he would have been the guy getting the most money this last January, um, because they didn't see him slipped under radars and the Royals just happened to have really not made any commitments. And so they're going, Oh, Hey, we've got a couple million dollars. We can throw at this guy and uh type of guy who I don't get, not a guy who likely has anything that sticks out as Holy crap. That's amazing. But does everything well. And he's a switch hitter. And so a switch hitter at shortstop with enough, potential to stick there okay i'll i'll take that i'll buy it um and then finally my last one is a reliever um but Which one? i think he has he has a the yeah there you go has the potential to be a really fun reliever for fantasy owners uh who like to stock up on middle relief guys that could potentially be a closer and that's john mcmillan um, okay the the fastball and slider there is absolutely ridiculous i think i want to say last year that he had for anyone who had more than 50 innings pitched in the minors he had the highest strikeout rate it was something mm. like it was almost 50 percent, and it stayed it was over 50 percent until mid-august it, before it finally dropped down it was in the mid 40s somewhere but just a ridiculous talent as far as a fastball that can easily get up to triple digits and just has a wicked 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 slider so that's a guy he's almost certainly going to be in the major league bullpen at some point this year 
if not on opening day, and probably will give you a lot of strikeouts as a fantasy guy. But then again, that's a guy that I'd never talk about in the Dodgers system. <laughs> like this guy is like one of the top six that I want to talk about right now because that's he just he's one of the few that you might get some value out of as a fantasy owner. I I am listening. I'm trying to find where he went in a most recent uh, 30 team points league draft that mm-hmm. we just wrapped up. He was a free agent um, man who I won't mention is the pegged closer right now for them. Uh, James MacArthur with the Royals who went in the third round. So he was top 60 of sorry, top 70 of that draft. And I thought for sure um, that McMillan was going to slide big time and I did not take him. And then he went, I'm trying, God damn it. I got to find him. I wish there was a faster way to find exactly where he went. I've got to go through 300 names here, Um, (laughs) but he went, I'm thinking it was round seven. So in the two tens area, um, doesn't, doesn't matter. I can't find him, but um, he went there and I thought, oh, I thought he'd slide further. And then I looked, I'm like, well, it was past, you know, whatever, even the top 150. If you think there's a guy with legit talent who can help, this is a points league too. So you, you got to go yeah. with that guy. Um, yeah. But I did draft a Royal in that one. I think it was him. Um, Cause when these drafts start, I start to immediately to throw my uh, cues out the window. And who did I draft very late in that? I drafted, Will Klein, who I'm not even going to mention as one of my top sixes, <laughs> but he was added to their 40 man. He's 23 yep. year old guy, uh, 64 and a third innings last year, 93 Ks, but 64 and a third innings, 39 walks. So I'm yep. I'm dreaming late on on Will Klein, and he was picked 294th in that draft. So um, the three guys that I have, uh, Javier Vaz, the lefty mm-hmm. two baseman left fielder, 23 year old speed contact player um he he's gonna be steven kwan like because he's got elite mm-hmm. contact skills um but what he doesn't have is the ability to hit the ding dongs and <laughs> yeah. um then the the last guy i'm gonna skip over the next one because he's the one who i think has the most promise the last guy is somebody who had a horrible year very much like gavin cross uh luca tresh catcher he's now gonna be playing this year at 25 I haven't even seen him on a top 50 prospect list, but he was liked in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, 259 Babbitt, I'm going to say that hurt him. I know that's not 200 Babbitt, but it's also not 310, which can really help to bolster your numbers at a low level. Um, he's going to spring training this year. I think he might get pushed to AAA, depending on what they do with depth and you know non-roster invitees and all that fun crap. Um, he was once upon a time a sleeper, 2022. I think he could get back to that. Uh, he was a 2021 17th round pick. So, and then the last guy, can um, I guess, fellas? Yeah, Tyler yeah. Gentry. Yes. Nope. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna spell out his his line, and you tell me if you like him. Okay. I've got okay. a six foot one eighty righty who is 18 years old. All right, and he he had a 3.44 batting average, a 4.40 OBP, and a 6.15 slugging. Eight ding-dongs in 122 at-bats. Wouldn't you like that? He also stole six bases. Yeah, sure, he was caught four times, but he's crafty. The only issue with my man Ramon Ramirez is he's a goddamn catcher. And if it wasn't for that, (laughs) I would be excited for him. Um, He's a former J2 guy who who did very well, as I mentioned, in the DSL. I just don't know what they're going to do with them from there. But this is the one guy who I was like, 
everything was really good about him last year. Don't lose all hope Royals. You know, yep. you might have a catcher in six years. <laughs> That's just so, where we are with these guys. I, yeah. I, I honestly thought when you started reading things off, age, everything, I thought you were going with Hero Wyatt. And oh, no. I, I, I'm a fan of him. I just, he ended up hurting himself in his first attempt to pitch in the Arizona Complex League. I, six, six, one, 185, and was 19. He was a high school draftee last year. But I really like his overall stuff. Yeah, but, he they they complained about the draft a little bit with Casey because they could have taken Teal instead. You know, they took a high school guy. Yeah, but they said, well, it was because they were trying to do this one-two punch. But I just want to see some pro time, like some legit pro time before I go mm-hmm. telling anybody go get him. But like with Ramirez, at least there's some DSL. There's the assumption he'll be over this year to complex, and depending on how he does, if he is over for late spring training, um, maybe they'll see their way to skip him you know, skip complex or make it a short, short trip to complex. Um, but the, yeah, the high school uh, pitchers also scare me. Zeban was a guy with Cleveland that we didn't talk about when we went through it. Cause he was hurt last year. He's kind of fallen off, but he was one of those sleeper types, not mm-hmm. a high drafted guy, but he was paid. I forget where he was. He was a real over slot guy. Um, I just get so damn scared with the high school guys. And I feel like I've talked yeah. so much about them with these, like within the top three, next three, of this that like my failure rate's going to be so high <laughs> so high with yeah. these guys well uh, while we're on the the subject of of the guy that i brought up really quickly what are y'all's thoughts on gentry in this system because i felt like he put together a pretty solid minor league season last year um with the with a, a blend of power and speed he's to me he's one of those guys that really profiles as a very good fourth outfielder or a third outfielder yeah. that you're kind of like, eh, maybe I don't want to start him if I if once I get a better option. So mm-hmm. I think he's kind of in that spot right there. Yeah, he's he honestly he's just kind of a tough a tough sell um, to make like an impact. Not that I feel mm-hmm. like you know when you talk about relievers, they have to be a closer unless you're in a holds league, and then we get into like the niche of niches when we when we do that. But yeah, like Gentry was somebody who in 2020 and 2021 and 2022 was looking good, but there was never the big jump because the Royals are weird like that, where there wasn't like a massive test that they gave him. Yep. Uh, he did go to the fall league, but he did not do well in the fall league. And I think that's where for me, he just, and that, sorry, this was 2022. This is where he like kind of dipped off for me. Um, and that's when a guy like Elijah Dunham would have taken over. And then I watched Dunham more than I watched Gentry last year. And Dunham's with the Yankees, so who I won't well, shoot. I guess maybe I tipped my hat, or maybe I didn't. Um, but he's he's somebody who I I I watched a little more, and then Gentry kind of went to the wayside. Plus, he's the type of Gentry as well is the type of guy who dynasty owners are not willing to trade because he had a full season at AAA. So everybody thinks that yeah. he is knock knock knocking on Casey's door. Um, but I I just I don't know. Maybe he is a good like sleeper pick and i'll regret this in a year you know he hasn't done anything to um take away from his ability but i just feel like he like ben said he's a, a bench mlb not a starting mlb xcc doesn't well, like to take chances either that's the other thing yeah. they don't like to give a spot to anyone that's not bobby witt you know 
Which, yeah, yeah that's ridiculous to me. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> All right, so who do we want to talk about next? Do you guys want to dive into New York? Do you guys want to talk about Oakland? Or do you want to save the best for last and save the Yankees for the last? Or do you guys want to where, – where do you guys want to pivot to? Robbie, you get to go first, so you tell me who you're going for. Well, I mean, as a life I'm motto of F the Yankees, let's go the Yankees. F them. They don't need to be last. Okay. Let's do it next. <laughs> no, I love that. I, sec- I second that. So, <laughs> All right. So, so I'm first, just right. First yep. three. Yep. I'm keep. I'm for... just keeping uh, those time stamps for oh, Govia. Yep. That's, what I'm, that's my homework oh, yeah. over here. Oh, yeah. So, I know. got to keep dad happy, you know? Um, so my, my top three, I've got Chase Hampton. I've got Jason Dominguez and Spencer Jones. I'll dive into each later. Um, but since we're talking Yankees, all right, I gotta, I need something to help the medicine go go down. (laughs) And, you know, really, I think Dominguez and Jones are probably on everybody's three, um, and then it's just a matter of what do you like most out of their next guys. And for me, I took I took a future guy. I took a guy that kind of fits Robbie's some of Robbie's fun things. He's oh. a six foot seven inch lefty. And oh. I Heron, his his name is Henry Lalane, which mm-hmm. it looks like Lalane, but he is not related to Jack. His name is Lalane. And uh, he's he had he's got family that played collegiate sports, but he happened to be like family that lived in the Dominican too, so he could be born in New York and then go back and sign as a Dominican, which I always think that's a little Weird. interesting. Yeah, <clears throat> but holy crap, does he avoid walks? That's that's the thing that like he needs he needs another breaking pitch. His slider is ridiculous but it's it's a plus changeup. it's a plus fastball it's a plus and maybe even double plus slider but he doesn't shape those any differently if you've seen his fastball you've seen his fastball he's not going to give you one with a little different wiggle um and but i mean he just pounds the zone i i guess i don't have his numbers up right in front of me but at one point it was like he was like 30 to 1 uh walk or strikeout to walk ratio at one point it was just absolutely ridiculous so absolutely pounds his own and it's with really good stuff so that's henry lalane so there you go that's the name name of the name of the show today uh ben uh, since we're on this and i you know obviously i think the jason dominguez i think is on everybody's everybody's list but um your 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 top three for the yankees are are you in agreement with robbie in terms of who your who your top three is between with, dominguez jones and, and and hampton no i i have lalane instead of hampton but otherwise Got dominguez okay. and jones i think that those are Got pretty it. well a consistent because i mean there's a lot that lot to worry about frankly with spencer jones but he's also so freaking athletically talented that it's hard not to have him in this spot. Yeah, there certainly is no uh, for sure thing with a six six guy. The only good thing is that there's probably still some coaches who are around to help judge out. And Judge did the, um, I'm at this level for the first time I struggle. I repeat the level I dominate and then promotion. And he did that three times, I think, including in the MLB. Um, 
So it's great to dream on the ability of Jones to develop if he has an issue because there's going to be some kind of big-ass strike zone that he's got to be able to to cover um, with that frame. But the rest is the, – really, the rest is there. Like uh, As mm-hmm. for Lalane, um, in two drafts that I – one's currently going on and one was a prospect draft that finished Sunday night before the Super Bowl. Uh, he went 64th in a prospects only draft and he went 169 in a universal uh, draft where he previously, you know, in this draft, we also had like um, uh, MLB veterans that were out of contract and then you just draft as you go. So mm-hmm. I would say that would have still put him right around the 100 mark for prospects. He dropped quite a bit. So definitely not everyone knows about him in your leagues. He's only rostered in three of the six dynasty leagues that I play on fan tracks. Um and, uh, you know, I'm looking. He's on the board. But for me, Hampton's been higher up. I drafted him 23rd mm-hmm. in one of the leagues. He went uh, 24th in another one. And, um, you know, the 24th guy has won the same league three years in a row. So he knows what he's doing, Ooh. drafting. But he's a spin rate guy. Hey, everybody yeah. likes spin rate guys. Remember Trevor Bauer? Anyway, uh, <laughs> fastball, curve, slider are all good. If he gets a change up. I can tie this into Bauer. If he gets a changeup, he could choke out his competition. Um, We do want to see more time. We just lost the female audience. All right. (laughs) (laughs) What? I mean, uh, anyway. um, Of course, looking at us doesn't really help that, but let's just. Right. Yeah. You think you were here for this? No. no, (laughs) Um, But. Hampton needs more time in the upper minors. He's only got yep. a few, whatever it is, 30-ish innings, something like that in double-A. We need to see a lot of double-A time and then perhaps some triple-A time to really see what his pitch mix can do because we know the changeup gets more and more important the higher up you go. And when you're in high school and you look amazing, it's probably because you're blowing it by everybody, which you can do a complex and you can do in low-A and you can probably get away with it in high-A. But if you're not developing a changeup, you're going to need to, or you're going to get smoked when you get to the higher levels. Hampton was a college guy drafted six round in 2022, but he still needs to show that that changeup can keep everyone guessing what's coming. Otherwise they're just going to start to look for arm angles. And as the coaches get better, he could have a little bit of trouble. I'm not saying he's a bust. I know we kind of joked about it on the previous podcast on that, but I, I think Hampton's very good. I just want to see, the higher level competition and those ratios continue. Cause we see a lot of guys hit the next level and then they're done. They just, you know, they missed that was their, that was their area. And if they're not coached or if they don't have a great catcher or whatever the case is, uh, troubles of brewing. So, so Robbie, I want to bring this up just because Hampton has a cutter that I think is probably a hair above average it's probably i mean you want to call it a 52.5 that's you know on the scouting scale that's about what it is i mean it's not really a true above average but it's better than most that you'll see as far as average ones are concerned to me a guy that can use a fastball variant like a cutter like a splitter maybe that's not a true change up Mm -hmm. for them but if they can really learn to to locate that right but that's the pit that can for yeah that can be your your fat your if you've got a fastball variant that you use well you might be able to ignore the the change up and have it as kind of a show me it's it's there but i don't i use it one percent of the time sort of thing his cutter could be that it's just not there yet i'm just kind of curious what you think about that with like fastball variants like you said like a splitter like a you know a yeah we've talked a before cutter. about how you 
you don't like when somebody says, oh, they can only throw, you know, fastball slider. But like there's, like you said, there's different versions of a fastball. Um, and if that's the case, what I was kind of hoping with him was that the uh, curveball would be a, a little more devastating. Um, but he's got the, you know, it's, it's the 70s curve, which can always be dangerous if they're if they're waiting on it. Um, and then it's the 80s slider. So again, that's where having the change up or the cutter is going to be very important to it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, again, like I want to see more pro time with him and I really need to actually like dive into the arm angle and what are we seeing when he's throwing the various pitches because that's what the better hitters are going to pick up on depending on what he's doing you know any potential tell all that kind of stuff if he hides it really well he's going to be fine um but it's it's the same deal that we see with a lot of other guys where a coach is telling somebody this is the pitch you're looking for and there's there's another one you can hit you don't want to find that you want hampton to be uh fastball early to get get you strike one and then be able to throw anything anything that's not another fastball so that you are guessing on pitches three and four, which could potentially both be out pitches for him. Um, and I haven't watched enough of him to say, I truly believe um, this. The, there are high schoolers who have never seen a Yankees world series win. You just hate to see it. Jared, love it. Um, there are, there are, are grown men. There are grown men who have never seen um, the blue Jays win, you know, well, 1993 yeah. baby. 93 it's up on so, the wall actually that's 92 on the wall there that kind of but anyway that's my thing with hampton is i just want to see more i do yeah i appreciate the the idea of the cutter um it doesn't seem like it's been stated like you you said about it being a dominant pitch um it's just yeah it's just a matter of how well he can command it and yep. now that now that people have seen him it's it's the s- same thing when you get to the mlb level you come in you do what you do and people react then people understand how to approach you. You then need to react to that. Maybe we need to see mm-hmm. what Hampton's like from opening day to the end of May. And then if there's a promotion because he's doing well, I'll be very excited with my shares that I've picked up of him. Yeah. Do you think that he needs to add a couple more MPHs to the fastball? Does he admit he's a low to mid nineties guy, right? I mean, do you think that that will aid him in? I mean, the, I don't the, know. On, I've yeah. never sat in the box with a guy throwing 90 and a guy throwing 95. So right. I can't say how devastating that's going to be. Like they'll time it eventually, no matter what it is. I feel like it has a lot to do with that eighties and that change up really keeping you, you know, Marco Strada could be successful, right? There are guys who just don't yep. need that high velo and Hampton's got enough in the arsenal. If he uses it, right? Like if he doesn't end up right. with two, 5% pitches, then it could be interesting. But if he if he is heavily relying on it, as soon as we start to see hard contact against, that's when any of the pitchers, right? That's when you back off. Like mm-hmm. if you're throwing yeah. if you're throwing heat, you're going to get hit hard. If you're not throwing the upper 90s and you're getting hit hard, then it can be a bit of a concern in the minors because at the pro level, they'll do that thing with the angle that launches and then you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> right. All right, cool. Okay. Well, let's dive into the the next next three here with the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben, we'll we'll start with you. Uh, who do you got? So it's I was enjoying this conversation. Hampton is on my next next three for sure. Um, then I have Roderick Arias, and I had somebody different before I watched a little video today. So I was going to get into mm-hmm. discussing uh, Robbie's favorite position, um, but uh, instead I watched some video on George Lombard and um, Mm. holy crap. I I really, really, really like what I saw there. I think the Yankees might've 
gotten another Volpe type of player where he goes at the back of the first and ends up becoming a guy who might be as talented as anybody else in that draft class. I'm, I got, I mean, we shared Hampton as my top three areas. I've got him. Uh, and then I've got uh, Kiner Delgado mm-hmm. and I've got Will Warren as my other. So we do have some variants on the back end. Um, Warren is next man up. I think SP six, seven mm-hmm. with the Yankees right now, uh, fastball slider change up curve. And I think he could be up if something weird happens. Like remember last year, how the Yankees all of a sudden had like odd guys starting who like no dynasty guys had ever thought of, um, you know, redraft guys were sleeping on, uh, that are all re- sitting in and they're all with the Padres now. Right. That's exactly right. Every, <laughs> everyone. Everyone that got a little, uh, I call it a tea sandwich because I don't like the idea of a cup of coffee. Everyone that had a tea sandwich um, in the pros last year, they just shipped them all to San Diego. (laughs) Um, But Will Warren, he didn't have that chance. And his 361 ERA and 110 Ks once he was promoted to AAA last year looked great. 99 innings pitch, and he had those numbers. And that's why I I feel like he's next man. If there's an injury, which with an older pitching staff, you never know what they're going to do. Warren's going to get time. I'm sure he'll have a start before the end of May. It's just a matter of how good is he 2021 eighth round pick um, Arius. I, I quite like Arius. I mean, he was the big J two guy a few years ago. I remember drafting him second round in uh, one of the points leagues that I just mentioned. And it was when I made that pick that somebody in the group chat was like, Oh, we can draft those guys. And that was after we didn't have, you know, it was the J two that became the J 15. And I was like, yeah, man, like anyone that's there. And that was the same year as Norg Vera was, I think, the best pitcher mm-hmm. in that class. And Yoannis, uh, no, what was the Cespedes? Was it Yoannis? No. Uellis. Uellis, yeah. Or you, yeah. yeah, there's a K in it. There's a, but anyway, yeah. that guy, he was one of the ones who was also possibly um, going to be a stud in that. And Arius is the one so far that uh, is doing yeah. nice things that was on the big end of the signing. And he's coming along, you know, he's not amazing in any one category, but he's just playing well. And then Delgado for me is total flyer. I think he was 100K he signed for, uh, killed the DSL, uh, hit well in complex. He's elite OVP. He can play shortstop. He's going to take a ton of walks. He can steal bases. And the two things that I read about him is average speed and slightly above average. So let's say he is 0.25 above average for speed. But more than anything, he's smart and he's got baseball instincts. So he'll still be able to do all the good things like steal bases, like um, you know, notice somebody's not paying attention here or there and move around uh, because he, he has baseball intelligence. He's not going to end innings yeah. when he's up. He's going to be able to get that man over. He'll do all those good things. Um, I, I have him in several spots and I think he's going to keep rising up ranks. But again, there's like the Oswaldo Peraza. There's the Volpes. There's the, um, oh my gosh, there's, there were three dudes that were all Yankee potential middle infielders. And then, you know, they've dispersed except for Volpe. Um, that, that's something that Yankees are really good at. They're good at hyping players. Some of them get traded out and then don't do anything. Some of them become MLBers. But they're not doing it with Delgado because he's not there yet. And I think by the time that happens, he will be very good. So it's not going to be something we fear. But I know they have traded off uh, with the Rangers trade. Who was it that they they, they traded? Uh, what's his nuts that took off the second half of this year with them? Oh, my goodness. Oh, Duran. Duran, thank you. Yes. Uh, they traded yeah. him and people were like, oh, he, he looked good. But then he was really bad. No, no, no. Like he just wasn't finished when you know he was traded at a peak and then adjusted and had had some issues um i feel like arias and delgado are below that 
threshold, they're going to be legitimate prospects by the time they hit, you know, the double A market. We'll know mm-hmm. what they really are or not. And I think for both those guys, they could rise up together. But if I'm picking between the two, I think Delgado is a cheaper buy. And I think he possibly, because of the baseball smarts, has the ability to be more consistent. Arias, let's say he's got a higher ceiling just for fun. Yep. Where do these where do these guys fall for Arias and Lombard too with, with Volpe being in New York now and for the foreseeable future, being as he was, you know, we're probably talking about him this time last year. Um right. where do these guys fit? Uh, you know, are they are they versatile in playing the second second base or another another position? I I think Delgado probably is more second than short. He's been playing short so far because he's again, like Robbie said, that baseball smarts at that level allows him to be in position to play shortstop. Yeah. But once you get up the chain and you're dealing with guys who are hitting the ball consistently 100 plus off the bat, you got to have quick instincts. You got to have that arm to be able to throw out the guy who's got elite run tools, all those things, because that guy you see one of in every lineup at a ball or in the complex, there are nine of those guys in the lineup every single day that you're trying to throw out as they run down the line or trying to catch their heater off of the bat and things like that. So it makes shortstop a little more difficult. I think he's probably a second baseman. Lombard is a guy who I could see him transitioning to being a really good center field type. He just, he's, a hell of an athlete and he does have a huge arm um but i wonder if he he's also six three and so kind of has that profile that eh, they might just slide him over to third and right now third is kind of an empty hole in that system so mm-hmm. i see i could see that working and so he might be the rare third baseman that steals you 20 and hits you 25 30 in the end but um but yeah and Arius right now is probably the quote unquote guy as far as sticking it short of those. Um, he's the one that's going to be interesting because he is, I mean, most places I've seen him listed as a plus fielder and that arm is freaking amazing. So hmm. that's going to be what's interesting with him down the road. Yeah. I'm just trying to see if I know Delgado's a switch hitter. Is Arius a switch hitter? Arius, I don't have that in my. He's a switch. Yep, he's a switch. He's also so both. Yeah, so they're they're very clone like. Um, But yeah, Delgado, I look at as almost a Devin Travis type for anyone who. um, Oh yeah, wants to remember a little bit of a smart player who (laughs) through through injuries wasn't able to do it. Um, Devin Travis was not highly thought of when the Tigers had a decimated system. I forget what the trade was with Toronto. Travis came over and people were like, "Oh, that's interesting." He played a double A last year. And then when spring training started, that I believe was when I had uh, a lot of free time in the middle afternoons and I could listen to all the spring <laughs> training games. So I think I I, th- I was definitely working somewhere. I don't know if it was my own restaurant where in the afternoon I just play, uh, blasted uh, Blue Jays spring training games so I could just listen to it. But um, I kept hearing about like how intelligent of a player he was and how he's in the right position and how you know he's vying for you know an opening day spot. And I was like, what? Mm. Why? Why would this guy? But anyway, that might be a Delgado thing. Well, like you said, Ben, he switches to second because that's where he fits best. But at the same time, Volpe, for all the hype of prospect status that he got to, he he had a quiet, quietly 
okay season, but loudly disappointing for the fantasy yeah. owners out there. Um, yeah. So he's got to have one of those prove it years. And yeah, it might be CJ Abrams take, you know, two year two to get it right. Like but that. that's what I think yeah. a lot of people are waiting on. And if he doesn't do that, not that like Arius is right there to take it or Delgado, those guys are not in competition sure. in the mm-hmm. next two years. But it ju- it does mean that they might just like wait, like Torres, where everyone's like Torres is going to be this great, amazing guy. And then it was like, uh, I mean, you know, Ben, uh, or sorry, not Ben, Mike, you might have nightmares about the uh, eight dingers oh. that he hit in Baltimore. Oh. And that and that was the reason why the numbers look so good, right? They talked about a yeah. horrible Baltimore team and him having an amazing uh, few games there. So And that porch was a lot closer in and left field that's so, right. before they yeah. moved it back. So. Yeah, well, they had to find a way to make uh, Baltimore relevant. Right. So the the other guy that I in this system, you know, we're talking up the middle. I mean, we all know DJ LeMay, he was old. Um yeah. <laughs> but the guy to me that looks a lot like LeMayhew did coming up is someone they got they traded away Trey Sweeney. And got Orbit Vivas. Oh, I think yeah, he. Right. Yeah, we did I right. think he looks a lot like a young Lemayhew when I watch him. He's just, mm. he's. I mean, I've seen grades of of sub fifty on his hit tool. I I doesn't surprise me. He doesn't put a lot of oomph into the ball, and Lemayhew never really did either. He just got into Colorado, and knew. I mean, he made enough contact all over the place to where he he ended up with a 450 slugging percentage because he had 40 doubles you know and won a batting title and then he comes to to uh new york and he can pull the crap out of about 15 20 a year and so it looks like hey this guy's got power well that or else he's you know hitting balls into a little league front you know right field porch but you know that's that's a little different situation, but I think Vivas could do that. And he's kind of one of those guys. He's a second could, he's not going to kill you at short, but probably his best at second, but defense just isn't what he does. Well, <laughs> you know, it's just, right. he's just, he's one of those, like you were saying, like he's a smart guy. He gets on base a lot. He works, he works counts really well. That's one thing I really appreciate watching him is he makes a guy throw him everything he has. So, yeah, I just I think it'll be interesting with to see cuz I believe is uh trying to remember he is on the 40 man. I think okay, that's, so that's part why of the why, trade had to be made. Part of why he yeah, part of why he got traded is he was on the 40 man and the Dodgers needed yeah. the space and so they got Sweeney instead who wasn't yet needed to be right. added. So He's he's going to be an interesting guy to see what he does this year because I like I said I don't know if he comes north with the with the big league club but he could he could certainly av- factor into let's say two hundred and fifty plate appearances this year pretty easily. Hmm. Yeah, that'd be a big chunk of time. Well, I mean, look at what they got sitting around second base, and then like I said, like, they got Lemayhu right now penciled in at first base. I'm sorry, but that what that <laughs> first base hurt. They're putting Glaber at second. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying, yeah. like, he could switch in for for Lemayhu for a lot of whatever Lemayhu is providing you. Yeah, but yeah, I just I, I could see him popping up quite a bit. And like I said, you never know as far as injury. 
maybe Volpe shows that I he's really just not a shortstop, and then they got to really they're going to wish that they had someone defensively that could take that. But that's a whole nother discussion. This is the Palazzo Podcast. We'll be right back after this complete waste of time. I'm going to speak for Robbie here and say, as fellow members of uh, the AL East, the O's and the Blue Jays, I think we've spent more than enough time on this on this Yankees team. What did you say in the beginning before we started the Yankees segment, Robbie? I can't uh, remember. Just like they don't deserve to be last, so we should just get, get through <laughs> yeah, with them really quickly. I believe it was the Yankees. I think that was F- the all that part. Yeah. Yes, FDA. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that one. No, I I do want to say though that this is, you know, the Yankees are really good at hyping their guys. That said, this is legit a very deep system. There's a lot yes. of guys you get into the 25, the 30 guy, and you're like, yeah, that guy, I could see that guy becoming a solid major leaguer, you know, or, or even there's a, you know, he's he's in complex, and this is a guy that I legit think could be has the upside of being something big but there's such a big difference between his upside and his downside i see why he's still at 25 30 or wherever in the system so it's always hitters though the yankees have struggled forever in a day um you know phil hughes as the shining example Luis severino as do you really want to count on that for developing pitchers who have stuck around um there there's always there's always a guy that can you know be the example to contradict it but not the elite, right? That's why they sign the elite guys because they're not mm-hmm. in a position where they've been drafting them. And and we didn't get into, I mean, we got into two, but we didn't get into a conversation about five or six potential starters. I guess Warren, we got into three, but again, Warren's not ceiling. He's floor yeah. based. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not, we're not hyping up. Um, I've got an off topic question from this, but it's real quick for Ben here. Um, so I'm up in three picks in a dynasty league draft. Um, <laughs> And this is the universal one. I could take Nacho Ignacio Alvarez. I could take Schwellenbach. I could take uh, Cleveland's Alex Clemmy, who I personally like, which is why I'm asking yeah. you because I, I feel I'm a big bad. Yeah. Uh, or I could take uh, is a Gino Grover from Arizona. Jeez, um, oh, those are yeah. That's, that's a good grouping and this is um, in the ninth round but that's because it's a universal draft so a lot of teams are going heavy on ml beers and i have just been going around getting my guys that i wanted everyone i've missed out on in other drafts you know i've been taking so in this one i i would like you know my pitching's really good my minors pitching is really good but i love to load up on pitching mm-hmm. because everyone else seems to punt it and then when they need it they come and knock it so I'm just curious, if you were to take this, what player do you feel is the most dynasty friendly? Clemmy, Schwellenbach, Matthews, Alvarez, Grover. So if you want to get into full dynasty, what they could be, I would probably actually go Grover simply because of where he's at. Okay. A guy who's playing third in Arizona, and I like the hit tool. Um, but I if I'm ranking those prospects just based on overall, right? No, what no, value no consideration. Is. Yeah, no consideration to their organization, things like that. It's it's Nacho, and and I think okay. he's just he's that guy. Um, where like I said, I th- when we talked about on the Braves, he's that guy that right now looks like he's a for sure. Like, does everything 
well, nothing mm-hmm. extremely well, but he also has the upside that he could turn something into an extremely well. You know, okay. he's just he's one of those guys, he's gonna hit for average, he's gonna give you a little power, he's gonna give you a little speed, but he could turn, you know, he's pretty darn athletic. I could see him stealing 20 plus, but he has got some legit raw. And so if he wanted to turn that on in game, you know, he might sacrifice some batting average and you might have a 30 homer guy, which that's a hell of a fun deal. So, okay. I had Grover six, Alvarez five, and then the others, wherever they fell, but um, I'll move him up just because I've got Mayo. So I've got, I've got my Oriole. Um, Mike. <laughs> I got my token Oriole. But I, I was also, I, you know, on, on Dingers, um, Ty and I talked a lot about the 2020 draft, and he loved Mayo's makeup from, from the mm-hmm. get-go. And Ty is in this particular league. So in this and two other leagues, I intentionally drafted or got <laughs> Mayo just to piss him off. Because that is, again, it's always an important part of Dynasty Baseball is just upsetting those that you know. Um, of course, so I did yeah. do that. So we'll see if this if this happens in five minutes or in eighteen hours when I get to pick because <laughs> you know there's a sleep clock on this. But anyway, that's more exciting than talking about the athletics. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> well, moving on to the athletics. Um, obviously, a team that was been it's been rumored that they're going to Vegas, and that I've heard rumors that that's off the table now. The um, mayor doesn't want them. That's what yeah. I heard. And then right. said, "I'm so sorry. I forgot about money." Right. <laughs> so obviously, you know, there's there we we got flashes of, of Mason Miller last year. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Zach Geloff obviously came up last year, um, and uh, Soderstrom came up last year. Who's the, uh, the 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 top three for you guys uh, in the athletic system? Robbie, we'll start. We'll start with you. I've still got Miller because uh, he got hurt before he exceeded the limit. So he's he's the lone hope um in that pitching system from an elite standpoint of a guy that we could really like um you know like <clears throat> otherwise i got joe boyle starting pitcher and jacob wilson now my my bid on joe boyle uh i feel like you know i'm used car salesman on you for this one uh he's a rotation piece with upside in oakland like jp sears and frankie montas before him boyle's not hyped but he's one guy that could pay off for dynasty um, the W's are going to be hard to come by, but if he gets some ground ball outs, he could become a quality starts type guy that could play and points league specific. You're going to rank him higher than you would, you know, other pitchers. Um, he's also going to start this year. And that's, those are three guys. Wilson's just like, he was the safe bet when he was picked. Um, he's for some reason, it's like, he's the high floor guy. I hate that for a first round pick that like he's safe and, He's got a good floor, but in my dynasty drafts, he slipped to the 30th spot in three different leagues so far, or wow. sorry, in the, into the thirties, not just 30, but in the thirties in three leagues. And I feel that's because people are like, I don't want safe. I want ceiling. Um, yeah. But this guy's going to be an MLB or, you know, it, nobody said he's going to hit 25 dingers. No one says he's going to steal 25 bases, but he could be a very good professional baseball player for the A's wherever they are. Um, you know whether it be Oakland, Vegas, or Saskatchewan, and you would <laughs> there you, go. you would keep the name. As I said in my name down down here, if you're watching on the YouTube's, move the A's to Canada and still call them the A's. You just spell it different. You figure it out, America. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Speaking of, before we get into Ben, your your big three, I did want to ask you real quick uh, for both of you guys with with a guy like Mason Miller. And I know they were they were 
watching his innings last year, and obviously he's got the, the plus fastball. For a team that's not going to be competitive next year, I, mean, I think we can all agree on that, and obviously his injury concerns from last year, how do they approach Mason Miller going into this season? Do they fully let him go, or is it kind of one of those things, too, where they kind of play by ear? Does he start the the, the year with with and, and and break camp with them what are your all's thoughts on terms of like for from a fantasy perspective is some is mason miller somebody worth targeting they're talking that he's going to be their closer which to me is a very i think he could be freaking elite as a closer but to me that's it's sad to see him go, going yeah. there already you know if anyone watched the Arizona Fall League, the year he was there, there were really good arms that year in the Arizona Fall League that have, you know, turned out to be pretty solid, you know, guys that are knocking on the door and they're looking pretty good. And Miller blew everyone away. He was just, nobody could touch him. And I, it just, it stinks because you watch him and he's, he's that guy that the stuff is there. He could be an elite starter. Boyle is, to me, is... The guy who has the stuff but struggles quite a bit to get it over the plate. Um, but, you know, those two guys, I would love to see them get a chance to start for a team like this because what the heck is it going to hurt you? But yeah. those two both profile as an elite closer if that's the road they go. But it's just, yeah. God, it seems early to move either one of them into that role. And with. With Miller specifically, it's the innings, career innings cap, right? Since he's been a pro, um, 52 and two-thirds is what he had last year. That's the career high. And then it was, you know, 14 and then six the year before. But obviously injuries, it's not that they're really, they're like, we're really going to hone you in six innings this year. Um, but yeah, like I mean, if they throw him in the pen, I would not want to hear the Garrett Crochet model, you know, where we're going to try to work him into this or work him into that. Like, do the smart thing of let him have, you know, four starts and then give his body the adrenaline drop for 10 days, you know, mm-hmm. send him down. Cause you can manipulate the system in that way so that he misses a start and then he can come back and give you four more. I, I mean, I don't know. I I've seen it with uh, Aaron Sanchez with the blue Jays where he was one of those guys who could have been electric and he had one very good season and the year where he was like an ERA champ in the year before that, he was bullpen closery type and and the Jays fans were like, I don't know, man, he's going to be this excellent starter. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, we've already seen this backing it up five years with Brett Cecil who won 13 or 14 games one year. And then two years later was very good out of the bullpen because that was the right move for him. You, like you want him to be a starter. That's where the value is yeah. for you as a, the A's organization. And like, if you're moving to, let's just say Winnipeg, the Winnipeg fans are going <laughs> to want him to be a starting pitcher and not a relief pitcher. So burn him to the ground as a starter and then fall back is relief pitcher. And they don't have a good track record with this. I hate how much I know about the A's right now. James Caprillion years and years. He fought bad health to get up and debut Um, future hall of famer, Brent Honeywell jr. Moved to (laughs) Oakland who is currently with Pittsburgh. And I can't wait till we get to them. Ben, Ben eyes up, eyes up. Come on. Um, (laughs) Uh, I don't know why you guys are both putting your heads down. Um, Brent I Honeywell love Brent Honeywell. Fought, fought injuries. Yeah, I love came that. Up, got to do yeah. with with them. Um, and then last year, uh, Muller was the guy. I was very yes. excited for his potential, just yeah. like I am about Boyle. Exact same scenario with the 
you know, underrated. Mike Montas in spring training was all of a sudden throwing, uh, I think it was the slider that he he was throwing like mm-hmm. 60. It was beautiful. And then it's like, holy crap, he's going to be their SP5. And he was very good. Uh, 2021, maybe it was 2020, whenever. Yeah. Um, and that was the thing where I like max these guys out, you know, Joe Boyle, same deal. Um, max them out because it's not worth it when you have, as an organization, you've seen what has happened and how long these guys can fight the injuries. When they're healthy, pitch them, you know, yeah. do make a plan. Otani with the Angels had a plan. And yes, he still blew his arm out twice, but that was because they weren't working within the realm of pitching normalcy they were like how fast do you throw oh that's cool that's gonna sell shirts do that but with you know with miller they can take a different approach and be like we're gonna let you have four starts we're gonna cap you kind of five innings or whatever 80 pitches to 100 the first sorry 80 to 90 pitches the first four times then we're gonna you know just like a friggin' professional knows this better than i do that you need to be able to do those things because even when he's down he's still throwing you know, like yeah. when he's not on the mound accumulating a pitch count, he's still doing things. I forget if it was Bauer or somebody who talked about the fact that on a start day, they'll throw somewhere around 300 pitches if they have a good start. And about, you know, 80 of those are the in-game fastballs, but they're still going to be throwing 60 fastballs in warm-up and long toss. Like, you know, like they're they're really yeah. going through it. And when they do opens, they just do half of that. So they're still going to throw 150 type you know, arm movements, if we're talking about injury prevention, it's, it's not there. Miller's either healthy or isn't. Like, why waste him in the bullpen um, when you need starting pitchers? Agreed. And see, and- a guy that re- that I'm reminded of, you started going down the Blue Jays. Uh, oh, no. You're not going to go Blue back Jays to trade. the trade, the, the big no, Marlins trade, no, are you? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> but you started going down the Blue Jays well, and a guy that I really liked as a prospect, but just – never could fully show he was going to be able to stay healthy was Jordan Romano. And that when he got close, they made the flip switch and they said, you know what, this guy just, he's, he's just not going to be a starter. And so immediately he was big. He throws hard. He went off in the rule five. He got traded from San Diego to Texas and then Texas sent him back. And they were like, all right, we tried it, you know? Yeah. To the pen. And it was 2020. Sorry to interrupt. I remember watching a game in Buffalo because they went to Buffalo. They went to Buffalo to play that year uh, because Canada said, no, thanks, COVID. We'll just have our own strain here. And (laughs) they, they, you know, Romano moved into the bullpen, but you could see uh, the film and you could watch him walking in the bullpen. I forget who they were playing. And he just looked like he was about to murder somebody in a Netflix series. Like he looked so serious. And then I forget who the interview was with the veteran who's like, What's a guy in you know in, in your bullpen who you think um, is really you know exciting, intense, da da da? And he's like, when Jordan Romano gets up, I just shut up because that guy <laughs> is not listening to me. He looks so serious, and then he goes out on the mound, and like they talked about that killer instinct. Yeah, yep. if if that's Mason Miller, sure, but like let's you know let another injury happen. Um, yeah. before that. But that's that's to me like the. I guess if you want to say the best case scenario of the right making the choice to go to a reliever is yeah five I mean, inning close and, and even then Romano the 2019 season was hurt and put up something like a 750 ERA in like I think it was like 10 innings but still you know he he kind of walked the ballpark he did strike out like 15 per nine but mm-hmm. he 
he was getting hit hard. And then he just came back in that 2020 season. And like you said, there was a switch flipped on the mound for him because you can't be that stinking intense for six innings. It just doesn't work. Yeah, that's true. And so, and so he was able to flip that switch and go, okay, so now this is how I'm supposed to pitch when I'm a reliever. And it's, it's obviously worked very well for him ever since. So. Ben, but uh, let's dive into your, your top top. with, with, with Oakland. Yeah. So. I have zero of the guys that Robbie just mentioned. Um, ooh, <laughs> ooh. I always like Perfect. that. All right. So one guy that we talked about here a couple weeks ago when uh, Ben Badler was on the show with us, uh, Luis Morales uh, was the top money guy in 2023 as far as a pitcher is concerned. He got all the way up to high A last year. Yeah, he's coming out of Cuba, so he is a – you know, he's a little older than the average guy that gets signed. Got all the but way. He was to high 20. Age. He was 20 as an older yeah. guy. Let's yeah. Just to, yeah. So no one's thinking a 17 year old. He was 20. He'll play this year. 21. Yeah. And, but I mean, just the fastball curveball slider together are a freaking amazing combination. It's that like you said, the fastball variant, you know, we were talking about this earlier. If he had, I mean, his change isn't bad. It's just, he doesn't seem to know how to, he doesn't have a good idea of how to sequence it in. And in, in the, and once again, we've seen all of 44 innings as a pro so far. So there's a lot there. We can still see growth, but Holy crap. Is that a fun fastball to watch? And, and he's six, three and, I think he's listed in the like upper 100s, so 190, 195. But he looks like a guy who has arms and legs of a six foot six guy. I mean, it's just, it's all arms and legs coming at you, but it's consistent in the delivery. It's just, it's going to be fun to watch. And, and, but, you know, with any international guy, there's a lot of risk there. So, you know, you got to look at that. Uh, the second guy I got on here is, Darrell Hernandez, um, am I completely butchering that name for everybody? Uh, the guy You're asking me. <laughs> well, I, I guess the reason I'm asking is I actually have an Orioles fan here who may may know Hernandez a little bit before he was traded over for Cole Irvin, which to me I think is going to end up looking like a really bad deal for Baltimore. Yeah, Although, I mean Cole Irvin, you know he he was. He was acquired to be kind of what he gave them, but then he just didn't do it very much last year. I'm, he was hurt so much. I never really understood the trade to begin with, but in no. terms of the in terms of the the uh, I don't even know how you say his name, Hernandez or Hernandez. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, let's, hold on. Let's let's figure it out. Let's pick it. It's H A R N A I Z. We do you want to just go Har Nays Har Nays? Let's just pick one, and then we'll all say it differently. <laughs> I'm going to go with her nays. Her nays? Yeah. yeah. I think the nays is good. We'll add an E but, at the end. Yeah. But, but for anyone out there who's Googling right now, H-A-R-N-A-I-Z, if you didn't know already, 2019th fifth rounder finished last year, double yep. A. Yeah. And yeah. excellent average. He excellent was, OBP last. He's a guy who, you know, so this is a guy, if you, if you were an early 90s baseball nut, you know who Bobby Crosby is. And uh, he was a rookie of the year for the A's. Very good, you know. But one of those guys who shone bright 
and shown fast and faded off in a darn hurry. He reminds me a lot on the field of what Bobby Crosby did. I don't know that he's going to walk you a ton, but he makes really good contact. He's probably not going to hit 20, but he's going to give you double digits. You know, he may steal, you know, 10, 15, 20. He doesn't have a great arm, but he's always in the perfect position to make it work. And so, I mean, just those little things that you're like, okay, I could see this guy working in Oakland for a year or two or three. And so that's, I mean, he's kind of that guy. He's got all the the base skills you want to see. And so that's him. Uh, And then my last one is Denzel Clark, who, if the guy could make solid contact, might be the best prospect in baseball. I mean, this is a legit plus power and double plus speed who can just go and freaking get it out in center field. But I think he might have about as much chance to hit 220 as he does to hit 260, which is not exactly a profile you want to have. And and that's only if the hit tool actually gets him to the majors because it very well might be so bad he never gets there. So those are my what, three. What famous shortstop did Bobby Crosby replace? Wasn't it Walt Weiss? Or was it Mike Bordick? No, or sorry. was it Bobby was Crosby? It? Who, did, who did he replace? The, so there was a guy who played shortstop before he got to Oakland. Who did he replace? Was it Ricky Henderson? Nope. No. I don't know. No. Who he, was, I'm just trying to think of oh, who would have been shortstop would... athletics. Oh, was he Tejada's replacement? Ding, ding, oh, ding, ding. You got it. Her guy. Yep. And I, for some reason, I had Bobby Crosby as a lot. A lot, uh, a lot older than that. Well, that's but, what I'm trying to think. When, when did Bobby Crosby come in? He 2004. Yeah. Oh late, Jesus. Yeah, early okay, 2000s. Was... Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's where I was going with you know Bordick and with Weiss, but I think I remember him in with Long Beach State, and because that was he was a hell of a college player, and at that time Long Beach was just kicking out future shortstops for a while and. And he was one of them. But anyway, so those are my three. Uh, so Morales, Hernandez, and Clark. Okay. On go. my next three, I've got Morales and uh, Ha-Raniz. That's uh, <laughs> how I'm going to pronounce it. <laughs> uh, so as I mentioned before, excellent average no OBP in, in AA, AAA last year. But I, I got to say, guys, I think he's empty average. I think he's one of those guys that you you like, but for fantasy, he's just never going to be the guy. Uh, Ramon Urias is a Baltimore mm-hmm. Oriole that you might remind you a little bit of him. And he could be in the exact same scenario as, you know what, you're good. You can play around a little bit. And yeah. we've got highly touted prospects that are going to take your job at, at you know short and then at second and then finally at third. And that might be what happens, you know, to Harinese. Um, but 13 steals last year, caught five times, single-digit home runs, second base type profile, you know, yeah. if you've got a highly touted guy that can push him off. That's that's where I am on him. The other guy I've got, and I think this is a forgotten soldier, Tyler Soderstrom. Did, did we forget? Yeah. He only had 125 at-bats, fellas. Yeah, but he's, he's still he's, there. I think he actually had too many days in the majors. Yeah, but uh, because, fantasy. I'm using well, fantasy rules to keep I'm just him in saying there. he's 
on baseball <laughs> reference it says he exceeded rookie limits this last year so yeah. that's why yeah so I i'm going with dynasty oh. startup then or dynasty <laughs> where it's one, it's, you, you gotta have 130 to be out and then yeah it's like it's like um who was it uh, uh ray close or whatever pitcher for the cardinals who was constantly hurt reyes what's his what was his first name oh alex, alex reyes. reyes alex reyes yeah alex reyes yeah. was that that asshole was that 50 innings for like two years just desperately needed to get him off prospect list but he was hurt and then everyone's like eh, he's gone anyway but um yeah. Soderstrom for for my purposes here last year guys he he didn't exceed the rookie limit so in most of your leagues he'll still be on a first contract or however you sort it out that way um but he had 431 at bats last year 24 dingers between triple a and the show um the you know whatever the rest of it wasn't ideal like a 230 ish average i think when i'm averaging out the two here uh the obp was under 300 but he's 21 years old like i talked about with kyron paris um this is somebody who was you know up and over his head and put up into the situation there's a future major leaguer here uh oakland should just let him play and for my purposes i've got him as next three because he currently is with the club, but I don't think it's going to go well initially. I've seen I've seen some weird stuff with the A's in the last few years. They had uh, Dermis Garcia, who was like a first third base mm-hmm. guy who's now with Washington, previously with the Yankees. Uh, big power guy, big strikeout numbers. They didn't fix him. They ended up letting him go. They had Dalton Kelly the last year. I thought Dalton Kelly former Rays farmhand was going to be able to take first base, um, possibly DH. He didn't get a single at bat with the team. Um, <laughs> and the other guy was shortstop. Who's now with the Yankees, uh, Kevin Smith, former blue Jay farmhand who was excellent in triple a teammate of Soderstrom's. And then Smith was up and down twice before Soderstrom got his first call and they weren't able to make it. So I'm not sure in Nashville with the triple a team, what they're doing with the guys as far as adjustments or things like that but they don't seem to have a great graduating system at this time. And I don't want to pin it off on the, on the players because each of those three guys, Soderstrom included the four guys that I mentioned, I thought they all had skills and I'm expecting the triple a coaches to be playing them, but also teaching them. And I didn't feel like that was happening last year with some of the A's that I saw come up. They just came up, you know, whatever they had, they had. Um, And once upon a time they had Matt Olson come up and hit what? 18, dingers or no maybe it was chapman that came up and hit 18 dingers at the end of the season and olsen came up and did something similar either the same year or the year after and since then we it's not like we expect that every year but we haven't seen that like big guy that just exploded on the scene and i, I don't know but i think Soderstrom's going to be a slow burn guy uh 2020 first round pick and people are already kind of like sailing him he'll play this year at 22 come on i'm surprised he's on your list being a catcher robbie Catch your first base. Um, catch your first base. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ben, how about you? Who's your next? Who's your next? Uh, are we already talked? We did your big three. Next big three, did we? Not, not the next. Not one, as so. next. No, next week. No. Sorry. Okay. No. So I have Jacob Wilson, and uh, we've talked a little bit about him. If if he ends up being what Jack Wilson was, is that such a bad thing? I mean, that's an elite defender that was an yeah. all star for a year. I mean, ended up being a, I mean, his time with Pittsburgh, he was a 270 hitter. I mean, that, I really don't think that that's crazy. He just wasn't a big, he never gave you anything in power or speed. I was going to say light stick. The defense was always elite. So, but anyway, so then my, my next guy is, uh, 
I'm going to, I'm going to friggin' butcher this one. It'll be fun. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> oh, now. Boy. I'm excited yeah. now. <laughs> New Jersey prep high school pitcher from Mike Trout's high school. Steven Echevarria. I'm going to try that oh, and yeah. say that. Yeah. Echevarria, um, Echevarria. We're good. Yeah you, yeah. you got it in the ballpark. Yeah. 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 So I think, honestly, I think he ended up not making a lot of these lists very high simply because he didn't throw a professional inning. And But this is a guy who got paid like a back end of the first rounder. They paid him $3 million in the third because they had done some things other, earlier in the draft to where they could. And he even said he he was going to pull his name out of the draft because he didn't think he was going to be a first rounder and wanted first round money in order to not go to Florida. And so he was about to pull himself out of the draft the last week ahead of it and ended up just like, oh, I'll give it a shot. This is one of, I think he was the, I think he was the youngest pitcher, high school pitcher in the draft. And it, like one of the five youngest guys that got drafted this year. And so a lot of worm, a lot of room to work with him but already touches 97, um, you know, has has a really fun uh, slider that just, it has really sharp break. Um, I just, I think he could be, he's a guy to watch in this system. Not that I think they develop pitching well or anything like that, but it's, it's you know, the talent is there. And then my third one, I'm going for just, I think this guy's just, it's it's a Ben special high floor pitcher, and that's Jack Perkins, um, who another guy who I think he's a four pitch guy, manipulates his fastball and his slider to the point where he probably pitches with more like seven different looks out of the hand, and just none of them are a plus, all of them are at least average, and he has really good control of it. I mean. The the arm strike, the way he throws reminds me a lot of Tommy Hansen back in the day, that short delivery that where you're almost like shot putting it, but it's consistent. Every time the arm's there, it's consistent. I I think I, know, I just I watch him and I'm like, you know, this is a guy that I could see be making a major league team. And then he went to the Arizona Fall League. He didn't allow a run in 12 innings down there. So I mean, granted. Mm-hmm. This wasn't the best year for, as far as hitting talent down in Arizona, but to go 12 innings without allowing a run in that type of environment is pretty solid. So just a guy they, I, th- I think like. Sorry, but just to your point on, on the Fall League, they do always have um, the asterisks of there's something that's bad at the Fall League. And then that's yep. supposed to explain why someone did something that nobody thought you know that they would do. So the hitting is weak. So the pitchers are good, but they're not really good. Or the the you know hitters are good, whatever. Or so and so was supposed to play more and they didn't, and this and that happened. But like when you really break it down, these are guys who each organization thinks have very good skills. Maybe they don't have complete skills, or they really like them and they were hurt and needed more time. So yeah. I just very quickly looked Perkins up because um, I unfamiliar with the name, which makes sense because he's rostered in 0% of Fantrax leagues. Oh, yeah. And um, I'm looking at six dynasty leagues right now. He's not on the list. So I love a guy like that because that means he goes on my follow list and I use a pen and paper to write his name down and I'll check him out in May and I'll see what things are looking like. 
And, you know, as draft season, you know, four and five months when it starts up for some of my leagues, I'll start to be looking at a guy like this. And if he hasn't gotten too good, that means he could be stolen. And then by the end of the year, people will be like, that Perkins guy, where, where, who rosters him? Oh, that a-hole Rob. <laughs> well, and one one thing to keep a note on is he did, you know, he got up to double A last year. Did I mean had rough time up there? But then all of his time in Arizona was out of the bullpen, and he actually finished four games. So I mean, I I guess I don't know how well I I, I would have to go back and find the the uh, games just to kind of see how much his stuff maybe played up in that short in the short stints like that. But I mean, like I said, you're talking a guy who's if he's normally a 55 fastball and 55 slider and 50 curve, and he's allowed to just air it out. That could be a guy that bumps up to plus plus and, and maybe can be something in the bullpen. So and right. And that's the first time in his pro career, he was coming out of the bullpen too, as I'm yep. just looking now at uh, the, 40 something starts he has as a pro the first four mm-hmm. times out of the 10 were by far the most successful pro innings he's pitched so <laughs> yeah so, sorry yeah. what for i was counting his ncaa so beyond college yeah jeez what yeah one guy i want to bring up and i'm just on baseball prospectus uh and i, I want to bring this name up simply because there's a there's a funny story behind this i don't know if you guys play on yahoo leagues but he's ranked number two according to baseball prospectus is max muncie the shortstop uh, oh, if yeah. you if you played uh, Yahoo, they literally took. I don't know if they fixed it or not, but it oh, literally like looks the like, wrong. <laughs> right, they used their the their ones. Max Muncie of the Dodgers, and it's almost like they copied and pasted it and threw an Oakland A's hat on top of them. So everyone's I like, "I could see that what, as a who, joke." Yeah, who the no. hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> but what are your all's thoughts on Max Muncie being? Is that at least according to them, uh, BaseballPerspectives.com, they have him as the number two prospect behind uh, Denzel Clark. I, I think he there's a lot of uh, the same questions. I mean, you want to get into, and this is this is something BP does a lot. Clark is a guy, like I said, plus power, double plus speed. Not sure if he can hit. Muncie is the guy who above average power, above average speed. Not sure where his hit tool is going to land. He's more of a right i mean he's he's striking out 30 percent of the time he actually oddly enough looks a lot like the guy on the dodgers in in his performance so far um but yeah i i'm not sold on him as a shortstop and from there i'm just not sure if it's enough power to factor elsewhere but (laughs) wouldn't it be ironic if uh, about the time that uh the major league version is getting ready to retire the dodgers come along and trade for this version and turn him into a similar <laughs> thing <laughs> that would be great the fans would love it oh my well actually that is that's him that's that's him, him. yeah that's the same one that baseball reference has because i quickly looked yeah. when you said the pitcher i'm like let's find a real picture of him but um yeah i mean they, yeah. they certainly could they could be father son here um you know but yeah, so for, for me on Muncie, it's just one of those, he, he's got A and double A. He was up early. The numbers look okay, but what he's supposed to do, which you alluded to, Ben, of the speed power, were two things that he wasn't uh, elite at last year, but he, he was better at average in double A, and he's still young. So I know um, some people out there love to say the power is the last thing to develop, um, except for those who it isn't. 
So there yeah, could be there there could be a lot more for Muncie. So he's a, an interesting guy. But I've been trying really hard to get fantasy people to not forget about pitchers for years and years because a lot of people who have popular lists really like to um, go heavy on the hitters and very light on the pitchers. But every single you know fantasy league seems to have an equal weight to hitting and pitching categories, which means you need to have plenty of both. So, and I alluded earlier that I've got one league where I've got really good pitching on the MLB side and on my minor side, because I feel like that's a great league for people to come to me um, for pitchers when I need to go, or I can go to them when I need a hitter of some sort. And Mm -hmm. that's a way that I've had some success in that league. I think it's been up four years. I've just missed playoffs two years um, and won a division in one of the others. And this is, it was a 30 team league. It's now down to 24, but it's highly competitive. Um, and and that strategy I think plays out. So sometimes I I leave a Max Muncie on the ground, but I try to pick up some of those you know single A to double A pitchers instead because I like the mm-hmm. idea of their progression helping me more than a Muncie who could always just be you know unfortunately in Dynasty um, substituted for a Wiley veteran if he doesn't break out. And of course, if he breaks out, well then you just missed on him, right? But you don't typically miss on a lot of those guys because it's real hard to hit a baseball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and right. you, you you tend to see it pretty quick you tend to see a guy that's going to have it or not have it as far right. as contact pretty quick that's why you know if nothing else last year his you know, reference his double a time it got you excited and then he went down he's one who went to the arizona fall league and right, looked lost you. yeah and so yeah there's but what i will say that impressed me there and he's because he stayed on the leaderboard for most of the year or most of the fall league for this the guy stole eight bases without getting caught now i don't know that he's an elite base dealer or if he just picked out his times real i don't know that he's got that kind of speed but it showed up pretty darn well for him and so that's something you have to at least pay attention to when you get onto a case like that now granted there's the other Thing to always take into account here, catchers in the Arizona Fall League are getting screwed over. So, because <laughs> uh, they're trying to catch people. And, right, for the first time in most cases. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, it's, and so then they're trying to do that and also pay attention to base runners. And there's a lot of stolen bases down in the AFL for that reason. But, but regardless, going eight for eight is pretty is something to note in only 22 games, you know, that's a pretty solid rate. So anyway, there we go guys. It's been fun. Uh, I know Oakland and Kansas city aren't the greatest teams to talk prospects, but you guys know your stuff and uh, always really, really impressed uh, when I uh, listen to your guys talk about some of these guys. And it also helps me out too. So if those of you guys who are listening to us live or checking us out later, on the podcast platforms. Uh, these are guys to kind of bookmark. Uh, if, if you don't play in a dynasty league, if you obviously play, play in a dynasty league, check these guys out. Um, but uh, had a lot of fun uh, guys. Who is next on our, uh, on our, on our prospect oh. power hour? Who, who are the three teams that we're, we're looking at? I, I should have that prepared. I don't, often... don't worry. I'll, it'll be quickly. Don't worry. I've got it. I just accidentally. Okay. Who's first muted. Not muted. Oh no. Oh no. The wrong one popped up. Pornhub down. Um, 
<laughs> no, I just turned I just turned the screen off, uh, and now I got to turn it back okay. on. It's gonna pop All up. All right. So. Um. So, I've got it up here. It's Milwaukee, okay. Philadelphia, and San Diego. Which Ooh, I'm looking are, forward to that one. I mean, Milwaukee is is a really really fun system, and then oh, San Philly's Diego more too. Fun. Philly's no, more San fun. Diego's, this this San one's gonna Diego. be good because there's. With Philly, it's like, yeah, we'll get into it. With Philly, there's a yeah. lot of like, where do you want to go with your big and where do you want to go with your next? Because mm-hmm. there's options. With Milwaukee, um, you know, they're going to trade them anyway, right? They're going to trade them all. Yeah. They'll extend <laughs> them before they have an at bat or and, they'll trade them when they're good. <laughs> and and because Robbie loves this, right now, this is the number one and the number two catcher on MLB Pipeline's prospect catchers Ethan Salas. Ethan Salas and Jefferson Kiro. So yeah. we're... there's another catcher in the San Diego system that I also like, and I, I might oh, have to bring him up with my next three. We're going to talk there about catchers. Go. Oh, I so, might. Okay. I hate it. <laughs> Good, spot to end it. Good spot to end it on catcher talk. There you go. There you go. So, well, thank right. you guys for, for, for tuning in for everybody that jumped on uh, and watched uh, throughout the show, or even just hung out for, with us for a little bit. Make sure you guys like, and subscribe to the Plaza podcast, YouTube channel. Make sure you like this video. Give us a five-star review. You guys know the deal. Utah. We got the discord. Give me two rolling uh, for those of you guys getting ready for drafts. Uh, maybe you are already in um, kind of your research mode. Uh, check us out in there. Discord will be in the description. If you guys have questions, check us out on Twitter as well. I'm at underscore Mike VA. Uh, Big gentle Ben Robbie is at Robbie baseball numerical one. Uh, I learned from the previous podcast. So um, thank you all for checking us out. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll be doing a big show later uh, this week too. myself, Michael Govier and, uh, and Britton Allen will be back hopefully. Uh, So check us out there too. Yeah. Uh, For myself, Ben and Robbie, thank you all for tuning in. Appreciate it. And make sure you check us out next week, too, for uh, the Phillies, Brewers, and Padres next uh, Prospects Power Hour. All right. Thank you all very much. Peace. The power of prospects is a curious thing. Make a person trade everything for a king. Why in Langford is your one true love? For a prospect, you'll trade all the Sometimes, but it might just save your life. That's the power of prospects. That's the power.